This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Energize your runs with their Super Blast shoe, stacked with the bounciest, lightest FF Blast Turbo Foam technology for a supercharged ride. Visit asics.com.au or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode number 285 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. It's been a big week in distance running. Boston Marathon happened today. Canberra Marathon happened locally. We've got Rotterdam results. Um, we've got some Irish results. We've got listener questions. We've got Moose on the Loose. It's got three different things written here for Moose on the Loose, so that's going to be interesting when we get to that. Four now. Four, actually. Okay, he's adding them as we're going. Something just came across my desk right there. I did hear your phone vibrate just as I hit record then as well. (laughs) So that's interesting. Can't wait to get up to that one. Uh, We might preview a bit of London Marathon because we've got some Australians in action there on Sunday as well. Thank you for joining us. Let me introduce my co-host. Would have been the king of Canberra this weekend, I imagine. Would have been kissing babies, signing autographs, high-fiving people out there on the course. Bradley Croker, how are you going this week? Good, Brady, and uh, yeah, none of that happened. It was uh, a pretty shit day in Canberra, so everyone was just, I guess, you know, getting their run done and then getting out of there. It wasn't, uh, wasn't the best day for, well, it was actually pretty good running weather, but in terms of, like, socialising after the event, it wasn't ideal. Would have been a few photos, wouldn't there, at least? No. No, no photos? No. I was, like, pretty busy just moving around the course like, okay. after, you know, going, like, following my athletes around. I thought you had more of a presence in your hometown than that, to be honest. And when the running community came to town, I thought you might have been hit up a bit. No. Another co-host. The people that... be yelling at you from the course going, hey, that's Brad Croker. Oh, there's a couple of, yeah, i got a couple of that. Yeah, a couple of people <laughs> of course yell out. Did, mate. Of course you've <laughs> got something. Another co-host. This bloke gets plenty of that when he's out in the world. Croaks, Julian Spencer, 214 man from the Doha World Championships where he represented Australia. Welcome to you this week, Moose. I don't get a lot of that. <laughs> You get a lot of that in Melbourne, don't you? Stopping for photos and stuff uh, when you're in the big smoke? No, no, no. Jails Park this no. week, I reckon you that were is, taking photos this week at Jails Park. It's 2023, Brady, not 2019. Mm. Uh, just funny you mentioned that. I was driving home in my car from work tonight and I was thinking, I was listening to um, Road to London and I've, I mean, I've just about had enough of Nick Earl. But, <laughs> the, like, the, he just keeps on bringing up this race at Lake Biwa, and I know you complained about it, Brady, but I'm also complaining about it. the. I'm, I've, I've started to think it's been so long since I finished a marathon. 
I'm losing my identity as a marathoner. I I, I feel like I, I need to get I need to finish a marathon again just to just to feel the the satisfaction of it. Well, that was me. La- that, that's exactly how I was last year, Moose. And when I decided to pace Gold Coast, I'm like, you know what? I'm in decent shape. I haven't finished a marathon since Biwar in 2018. I'm I'm going to finish it just to you know get a decent time again on the board. So you're back. You're basically in the same situation I was last year. Yeah, yeah, and it it must feel good to be back there. Like well, yeah. now, now that you've got one on the board. <laughs> haven't done anything since. Well, we no. kind of got talking about it last week when Christian was floating the idea to go to Boston next year and what qualifying times you need to hit for good for age. And both oh. you boys are in trouble. Like it's only three hours or 250 or something, so relatively slow to what you guys can run, but you've got to get one on the board in time. Before when? Well, I think the ballot usually opens, or not a ballot, I think it usually opens like the week after the event, doesn't it? It's pretty rough that like... Uh... A result July last year doesn't count. No, that should count. Yeah, because it normally though, does it? didn't Christian put the dates in? Yeah, I think Christian did put the dates I think in. He said it, like September. Because you normally have a couple of years. Nah, not September. What? That's less than a year. Yes, yeah, so you've got. I'm just going off what September, Christian told me. Settle down a bit. Yeah, se- September last year to now. Did you look it up? The time. No, I haven't looked it up. That can't I, be I think, right. I think you're right. You reckon Christian's got it wrong? I'll look it up while someone's recapping their week. Uh, let's yeah. go with you first, Moose. Uh, go with Croaks. <laughs> Everyone's still Googling. Croaks, what are you doing? You're getting uh, fit and getting close to a race. What do you got? Three weeks, two weeks this weekend. Uh, yeah, it'll be two weeks this weekend. Yeah, so three weeks uh, just gone, gone, yeah. Um, yeah, another pretty good week. And, yeah, I definitely, like, I'm really enjoying my running. Um, I've sort of got the... I don't know, like 2017, 2018 vibes about how I'm training, although I'm, I'm obviously not in the same shape, but I'm feeling definitely stronger every week. Um, and I said last week, I just need to be careful not to get too greedy. So pretty much I've got this week will be solid and then I'll start to back off a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll take um, the Sunday before the race, I'll just do like an hour 45 instead of like 30K or whatever. But um yeah, my week, Monday, I was still down the coast um, because it was, yeah, Easter Monday. So I did an hour um, out on the trails where I'd been running uh, Saturday and Sunday, 4.14s for an hour. And then that afternoon, went out to Mulligans for just over half an hour at 4.16s and then did some strides. And I think it's about maybe week two or three of doing strides twice a week. And they're definitely feeling, like, smoother the more that I do them. And I think it's also translating into just feeling smoother on a lot of my other runs um that combined with maybe a bit of bit of gym work plus just overall mileage and and i suppose just getting fitter um then tuesday morning i jumped on the treadmill uh just put it on 12k an hour ran 7k which is yeah five minute k's and then that afternoon most people were were racing so they had like a bit of a tune-up session of some three-minute reps, like five three-minute reps off 75 seconds rest and a few one-minute reps off 60 seconds rest. So because I wasn't racing, I did just more three-minute reps off 75 seconds rest or slow jog. So had um, Sam Hopper was down, so he was racing the half. So I did the first five reps with him, and then he did some one-minute reps. But um, I went like 308, 308, 305, 307, 304, 303, 302 259 and um 
where we did it, it's a new section of the lake and I reckon about two minutes of it is like really, really well lit. Like you wouldn't even know it's nighttime when you're running with, with the lights and then you jump onto this old section of bike path and it's you've got like one or two light posts along that sort of 400 metre section. So, um, yeah, you know, it's like when you're running sort of in the dark, like that perceived effort always, you feel like you're running a lot faster than you are when it's dark. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty good, pretty good session. I was happy with that. Then Wednesday morning, my midweek long run, I uh, would have listened to Road to London, 22K at 4.11s. And then Thursday, I'm sort of, as you notice, I'm trying to do a few more doubles. So in a in a normal training week, I'm trying to now do doubles on Monday, Tuesday, um, and then Friday, Saturday. And so Thursdays I'm trying to make now as like almost a day off in a way. Um, so it's going to be basically a 30 to 35-minute run followed by – some strides um so this thursday, the thursday just gone i did 8k 421s um, but i didn't do strides i felt like my calves pulled up a little bit sore from the three minute reps and i thought you know what there's um there's no point doing strides like i'll just i'll let it go i've had a, a good few weeks so yeah didn't do any strides then friday morning um i was going to do like i was just going to go around yerby pond and just do like a steady state like 13, 14K at 3.30s to 3.45, something like that. Um, but James Tunbridge was in town who I ran with a couple of weeks before and he was down um, plugging the Wollongong Running Festival at the Canberra Marathon Expo. And so he wanted to do a session. Um, and actually he challenged me. If, he's the guy that rode in a few weeks back, boys, about wanting to race me uh, at Park Run the day before Canberra Marathon. Yeah, but I had, he's the guy I had to beat you at that 5K last year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I said I had to do my long run on the Saturday, so I wasn't going to do park run, but, you know, you're welcome to come out for a run either on the Friday or the Saturday. So we went out to Mulligan's, um, and I haven't done I haven't done a like a tempo through here for, I reckon, a couple of years. Um, this is where I used to do all, like, my, my marathon sort of sessions, like especially hilly tempos. So the session was 3 by 3K with a 500-metre float, so 10K in total. Um not that paces are really relevant when you're running over hills, but I averaged 324s for the first rep, 325s for the second, 322s for the third, um, and the floats were 348, 354. So I averaged 327s for the 10K. Um, yeah, James was with me for the first two reps and then popped and met him at the finish. So, uh, yeah, but um, it was nice having some company out there. That afternoon went out for... Did you, um, did you sink the boot in at the end? Just a few little quips here and there. Well, he just when we got to the base, so we're about 800 meters into the last rep, and we go up this uh, like it's probably like a five, six hundred meter sort of hill. And um, as we're running down the hill on the way out on the first rep, he's like, "Oh, not looking forward to running <laughs> running up that on the way back." And then as we started going up the hill, he's like, "I'll see you at the finish." Oh, <laughs> see, this is it, right? He's he. He uh, he's not experienced enough racer. Well, he should have he should have just kept his mouth shut, and you get halfway up that hill would have been like, oh fuck, he might come back here, he might come back. That's what I said to him after we cooled down. I'm like, mate, you psyched yourself out out before, yes. yeah, going down that hill. But he's coming back from knee issues, and like he's only running like 70k a week, and his sessions are like 20 minutes, and he he's not doing much over the hills, and so. 
he said that his legs were completely cooked, like just running over the hills. Um, yeah, so anyway, it was, it was good good having him out there. Does that count um, as a win, Crokes? I know you didn't have the park run showdown, but you'll take that? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think I put a minute into him in the last, like, couple of K. Yeah, you're <laughs> definitely out of threshold zone by the sounds of things. Uh, yeah, so that afternoon, 7.5K at 4.22s. And then, yeah, Saturday morning, got out for my long run, did 31K, 405s in the um, Super Blast. That was an enjoyable run before, yeah, basically finished my run at the coffee shop so I could um, catch up with a few of the people that were racing on the on the Sunday and to, to grab their drinks. And then Sunday morning, got up super early, got out, um, supported all my runners, and then once everybody had finished – I then went out for an hour in the rain, um, just on the, just on the bike paths along Canberra. Um, yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't an enjoyable run, I think, because I'd sort of been on my feet. So I ran at like twenty past ten, and I got to the race at like six o'clock. So I'd been on my feet for like four hours. Um, but yeah, ran four tens for an hour, and then that afternoon just jumped on the treadmill for. 7k at five minute k's which felt much better than the morning um yeah so it was a week of 155.8k so um that's probably my limit i I definitely won't be going over that in the next month it's a good week i like the um the quick long runs off the back of the workouts as well yeah like solid workout and then what was that you would like that only because i can't do it Yeah, I can be jealous. Pretty, yeah, well, it's easy in those shoes. Good shoe, easier, easier in those shoes. Yeah, quite a good shoe. Is Asics what? sponsoring this week's episode? They are. Yeah, well, I'm saying that even if I didn't know they were. That's a good shoe. It's a very yep. good shoe. 155 moose. Can you match yeah, that? That's, that's nearly 100 miles. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna like smack this 10k in two that's weeks. That's the benchmark between a jogger and a runner. 100 miles. <laughs> Well, that's what I said. I feel like there's some like 2017, 2018 vibes, and like I know that I get fit. Like generally, the more I run, and like my body's holding up. It's just, um, yeah, you know what it's like. You just need to be careful because you just go, oh, how good's this? Like, you know. And then I'm probably due for just a down week um, because I am a little bit older. Um, yeah, like I think I can handle one. You're a lot older. I think I can handle 150 to 160 for a block but i don't think i can do it like week in week out you getting any joint pain no none like i was even saying to viv um when because her and the kids came out canberra marathon morning and like i normally i used to hobble out of bed like in the mornings with my achilles i have none of that anymore um like for years if somebody was robbing the house and i had to chase them there's no way I could have done it with my Achilles in the morning. But now I hop out of bed and I've got, like, no issues whatsoever. That, um, yeah, that's a good sign. Jeez. Hmm. You want some sort of supplement? No, no. Sounds like some peptides or something. He's just a changed I, man, isn't he? Go back I and think, listen two years ago and it would yeah. sound completely different to this. But that's the thing. I do, I do not know what was going on back then because I physically got myself in pretty good shape from a fit, like physiology point of view. But I was moving terribly. Like anybody that was running with me at the time, were warming up on Tuesday night sessions. My left, my left foot would just slap the ground. I had no control over my left foot. Um, 
And so obviously this this is way more enjoyable. And I think the last month or so, when was it? It was the same week, Moose. We got on here and we said, you know, what we're pretty motivated. It would have been when you got back from Osaka. Mm. And I've I've been that way for the last month. And like part of it is obviously body's good. Like th- this is the best time of the year to run. But I also just made the call. Like I had a chat with Viv and I said, you know what? Like I, I, I just want to give it like one more go of actually like committing to everything. So like committing to strides, committing to some home gym. And um, when we spoke about what our New Year's resolutions were, one of mine was to do some of those one percenters. So, so far I've been doing them. And I think that whole, just having a bit more of a professional approach to it, even though I'm not a professional, just gives me confidence that I'm doing all the right things. And then, you know, even if you're not doing the right things, but you think you are, you have a lot of confidence in training. Yeah, you're like the old, um, the old boxing champ who just want thinks he's got one more good fight in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, based on you know where I'm at, like those. So my Mulligan's tempos when I was going really well, I could roll three twenties for like 50 minutes out there, and I averaged three twenty sevens for you know 35 minutes um, with you know four minutes of you know sort of jog, like fast jogging so like I'm, I'm nowhere near that fit but like i'm not you know i'm not too far off yeah it's good i mean you f- it feels like you're fit when we listen mm. yeah i guess proof will be in the pudding <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to that the 10k did look up that boston marathon stuff fellas and the big man was right the king of norway qualifying window for the 2024 race scheduled to take place on april 15th 2024 will begin at September 1st, 2022. So wow. you're telling me that the Boston time that you run, oh no, wait. No, the, so Brady, this is when for do, the race in 12 yeah. months' time. Yeah, so oh, when, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. Do, when do entries close though for it? Uh, registration details will be announced after the 2023 Boston Marathon. Doesn't say that yet. Yeah. So Croaks could have ran this one. That's what yes. you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I get what you mean. But he's, but if he's got to enter, say, in two weeks' time, his Gold Coast one doesn't count. Yeah, because it's, uh, mm. yes, Croaks, yes. you're 40, aren't you? you got to run 3.10. But it says yeah. you got to, should be aiming to run 20 minutes quicker than that to guarantee it. 2.50. Just just log your Sunday long run. Send that in. <laughs> Tag him in your Strava comments. But it's still you're entering. So you, it doesn't. That I think doesn't the entry sense. open and closes pretty soon. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, say he runs that time at Gold Coast. Yeah, he's yeah. missed it. When's he closed. actually? When's he um, actually allowed to enter? Like, yeah, how I does he ever use that result? And he can't now. That's gone. He's no, I know, it. but when was he supposed yeah. to? Well, that's the thing. I, so my, my, yeah, wouldn't work my, well in Boston Gold Coast. Yeah, like that's a pretty short window. Like, if you think you've got basically from September through to. Let's say they open entries next week, so like late April through to uh, late May. You've got basically from September to May to get the time for for Boston. Yeah. So this yeah. this doesn't make sense to me. Well, this because... was this was last year's, but this was a September marathon. Yeah. So Croaks goes out. It was this open year, for right? a week, September twelfth to September sixteenth. Oh, it was. Oh, it opens in September. No, no, no. But that's because they moved it to September. Oh, so wait, I assume okay. because now it's back to April every year, they will go April, like say yeah. it's next week, oh, April yeah. 22nd, right. April 27th. Okay, okay, okay. 
So it's not a traditional Boston qualifying window. No. But then, look, if and you really still, wanted we'll to run... It'll be back to that now, though, won't it? Well, I don't know. I'd but say it'd be really... April to April. Yeah. That's what it would be, because there's no... They're not going to let... No, that but he could have done... I, so my Valencia is okay, because it was after September. Yeah, I know that, but you can't... You can't have a window that doesn't include the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because it doesn't work. So because they've like, gone to the COVID dates. If they if someone runs three runs the qualifier in Boston yesterday, then oh you mean that yeah, I mean maybe that would count, but uh, anyway, fuck. It's getting confusing, isn't it? I reckon you need to read that more. I reckon I'm gonna not I'm not gonna read it later, I'm just gonna say you're wrong to everybody. Well Christian told me and I just looked it up. But I think the confusion is because it went from a September race to a April race. No, I don't know. Someone smarter than me can figure it out, Moose. Anyway, it doesn't look like I'm running Boston next year. Hmm. You get, yeah. You're going to miss out on the boys' trip, Croaks. Hmm. Well, when's Mo- well, Moose? How's Moose going to get in? Uh, World Champs representative. Elite, mate. Elite, Elite entry. Oh, Front okay. Line. Front line. Ned, the... Ned, Ned Brockman over there. <laughs> Oh boy, that's coming up later. I think. <laughs> Just warming me up. Tell us about your week, Moose. Uh, ran with ran with the dog on Monday morning. It's quite good running with him. He's getting better. He can make it thirty-two. I had to drag him a little bit towards the end, but he slows me down, which is also good. He can't. He's a real five-minute K dog, not a four-minute thirty dog. So it it does help me uh, put the brakes on. In the Arvo, I ran on the Treddy, uh, 40 minutes. I reckon this was work Easter Monday. Yeah, I did work this day. This was Easter Monday, so I was at work. Uh, then next morning, went out around the hills for an hour. Uh, did a workout the next day down in Aries Inlet. So met um, Ali. She had her... A workout. It was 12, eight, 12 minutes, eight minutes, four minutes, two minutes, and the effort was in go- going to increase uh, as the reps got shorter. Uh, the rests were, if I remember off the top of my head, three minutes, two minutes, one minute. Um, no, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, perhaps. Yeah, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. So decent rest. The idea, like this close to the race. Uh, get the effort in, but allow yourself enough recovery that it's not a ver- that that hard of a workout. So it was pretty good. The conditions were okay. It was it was raining um, and it had rained a lot, so the road was a little bit slippery. But those New Balance shoes, those Super Comp Elites, they got pretty good traction on the wet. Uh, the the it's really easy to run. It's really easy mentally when you're running someone else's workout because you don't have to focus on the pace. Like you're you're never pushing the pace because I, I run to Ali's effort. These were all efforts, not paces. So I, I kind of – I'm not allowed to push, which means that I was very comfortable because I just sit back and run next to her. And it's slightly – more comfortable for me than her and i just remember thinking i'm like gee these sessions go so fast when you don't have to really worry about your own performance at all 
or making the workout good or hitting certain splits or heart rates. It's just so easy to rock up and run next to someone. Question uh, for you, Moose. How much of the – so obviously you're running within yourself, so it's a comfortably hard session. How much of the um, physical benefits as a percentage do you reckon you're getting? So obviously, because if, if you were doing your own workout, you'd run faster this, and, and let's say you're getting 100% benefit by doing it at the paces that you should be doing at it, but doing it slightly slower, you're still getting like 90%. Well, I think fitness gains. It's a, it's a different session. So the the reason that I'm not getting fitter, or the reason that this could work against me, is that I'm not doing the session as it's intended, which it is for Ali, and she is getting those benefits. So, like for instance, this isn't the best example because it's like a full progression and it's a taper workout. But if I had her do eight by a K and I ran next to her, and so the idea is that she runs vo2 max type zone so above threshold and by the the last rep it's she's really lactic and it's quite difficult um i don't get that so i'm sitting at threshold or below so so all my workouts turn into either threshold or sub threshold workouts mm. and so that starts lacking from my training program my overall uh like uh, ingredients for the, the this cake of fitness, I guess you'd say. Like I'm just not getting that stuff in my running, and and that's that's where this is a limitation for me. Yeah, and 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 it shows because I do I go to do one of my own workouts, and I'm like, whoa, I haven't done <laughs> like today's workout was v, was eight by three minutes over hilly little course on on trail, uh, and. I'm like, fuck, I haven't felt lactic like this for a long time. Going up the hills in rep seven, when you're pushing pretty hard, you got someone next to you, it's like, all right, this is this is what I've been missing. Well, that was my question to you last week. Do you think like helping Ellie out so much has been sort of detrimental to your own training? And like you said, yeah, like it'll be better once I don't train, like train with Ellie and I start doing my own sessions. Yeah. So I guess you're starting now. It'll be better, but at the same time, it's allowed me to train consistently at, and, and increase my mileage slightly as well. Mm. And, and that's been really good for me, being able to do that safely. So I, I don't think it's been bad for me, and, and I, I think it's provided a really good foundation now that I can get in and, and jump into some racing and some, um, some harder workouts back on Tuesdays with the crew. Well, that's what I was sort of getting at when I asked you in terms of like doing Ellie's workout. Like you're still getting some like good fitness benefits, as you said, like you've been consistent and your fitness is still building, but yeah, you're just missing that specific sort of fitness. Yeah. You know, by, yeah. 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 And this sort of, we'll call it sub threshold type running. I, I, I actually think it is really helpful when you start getting into the marathon stuff because it pretty much is a lot of it is sort of marathon type heart rate. And yeah, the pace might be a little slower, but I'm not that fit now. So like, let's say Ali's in mid to twenties fitness. I'm probably not that far off that either. So I, I don't, I think it's been good, but I am looking forward to just mixing it up a bit. So yeah, the workout went pretty well. Uh, she is working, she's got this cold and that cold is affecting her running quite a bit. It's not just a cold, but it's like a sinus infection. And you can just hear she struggles to get breath in um, and she's just not optimal. Like 
health right now. So I know it's starting to frustrate her on these workouts when the paces she's trying to hit and the, the, it, it, it's just a little harder than it, than it was even earlier in the build when she wasn't sick. It's been a, it's been a difficult time mentally the last couple of weeks with this um, sickness she's had. So, yeah, it's, I mean, she's still she, – she's pretty, like, level-headed about it, but I imagine this would be fucking with some people's heads right now, getting, like, a cold three weeks out from the race and it hanging around for up until race week. It would be it would be a hard thing to, to try to get, um, like, not too caught up in thinking about it so much. Yeah. Uh, Next day, I got I got a new Garmin. So my Coros, the dial stopped working, so I would stop my run and I could couldn't um, hit finish. It would like lock up, or it wouldn't lock. Up, it would like slip. So I'd turn the dial, but it, nothing would um, catch, and I couldn't scroll through my watch menu. Um, so I got a new one. I got the Garmin Forerunner two six five, which is the the latest in that range of um, Garmin's. Started with the 225, which was a fucking brilliant watch back in like 2013, I reckon it was. And it's gone to 245, 255, 265, obviously. Uh, so it's I've had Coros for a few years now. I reckon like to pre like early 2019, I got my last Coros, reckon it was. Um, and I've uh, so I've been adjusting to the Garmin. There's pros and cons around it. Not going to go into a review or anything, but one of the cons is the battery life. That sucks compared to the Coros. Like I feel I've already had to charge it a couple of times, and I was like charging my Coros once a fortnight or once a week, maybe. Like even though I didn't have to. Whereas this Garmin, you know, I'm charging it every couple of days. Uh, but it is a brilliant display. Like it's vibrant. It looks like an iPhone. It's like high definition kind of TV screen on your wrist. And it's generous. So it's like the same – it's way more generous than the Coros was in terms of going around corners. And uh, I think like I ran with Ali this day and I think she she had 440s and I had 437s and um, we ran the same course. So I don't know how they're yeah, – how... Archie and I do that the same. Workouts, it goes even bigger gap. Yeah, yours is you got a Coros. Yep, he's got yeah. a Garmin. We're doing workouts and we take some bends. It's about four or five seconds of K difference. And what do you think's the accurate one? Um, the slow one because you're slow when you go around bends. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's you can't keep it. Like when we're doing workouts at around three minute K pace and we're taking right angle turns and he seems to get quicker whereas I slow down, which is actually what's happening. Yeah, interesting. You can tell this with one. the grid if on if you go to the Strava like grid, you can see when you put your, like hover over the um the GPS data and when someone goes around a bend and it says they're averaging like two fifty, two thirty oh, pace, yeah, yeah. you're like, No, they're not. Just the GPS getting stuck on the corner. Whereas the Coros doesn't get stuck. You feel like it we're Watch got... this week at Jails Park, me and you will have can like be a hundred meter difference, Coros and um Garmin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll check. This would be a good test then. Yeah. Uh, this um, sort of like brings me on to my first moose on the loose. We'll chuck one in just 
just one in early because we'll spread them out across. Like these watches are not cheap, right? And these guys have been making running watches for God, like what, 2000, I'm going to say like five. Yeah. About that, when they come out with that massive fucking red. Yeah, yep. red oh, yeah. yeah the red, and that, that a blue one too. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a computer. It was a computer. No, I missed. Flat screen. But how excited were you? Because I remember back I in the day. I never that one. I went to the next version, I think. So the way, the way I used to measure my runs, I remember Jeremy Roth used to do this as well. There was like Google Earth, basically. There was a, like you go into Google Earth Matt and you run. would – and you would, yeah, draw lines across the road that you've run on to try and work out how far you're looping. So then <laughs> yeah. when, like, so if you told me back in 2000 that I'd be wearing something on my wrist that would tell me how fast I'm going, like, and how far I've gone, like, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, and so it was a bit of a game changer, but, you know, yeah. obviously it's, there's pros and cons for that now. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's, yeah, definitely. But I, I feel like we're on top of it now. Like we've gone through this mass hysteria with watches and data and, and now oh, maybe we are, us three, and a lot of the guys in our group are on the downward slide to that and we're like realising how much more benefit it is to not get caught up in it. Mm. Uh, it's, maybe it's just a cycle before we start putting all sorts of wearable shit on us. But they've had these things for so long and they still can't make it a watch that's accurate around a corner, Brady. Like, is yeah. it Garmin? Like, how is it, how it is it is so different? It is using satellites from thousands of, like, metres away, isn't it? Thousands of metres. Kilometres. Hundreds <laughs> thousands. Does, God, I don't know how far the satellites are. So what's the technology that Coros have to even that out that don't they Garmin use a don't satellite? have? Garmin, mate, i got all the, the best satellites on my watch. The satellite might be closer than the Coros one. I just bought this fucking watch. It told yeah. me all this. Can we just satellites. clarify that too? You've bought this. This isn't like a product review segment. Oh, hell no. I don't think Carbon look up. No, you haven't, don't, gi- you haven't given him the best review anyway so far. <laughs> but you're right. I with all how, sure. with all heart rate monitors on watch watches, they're all poor. So let me look at this. I'm I just turn, go... but I just turn mine off. And then I saw a listener question the other day. It was like, why do people turn off their or hide their heart rate data? And it's like, it's not people hiding it. It's just people turning it off so it doesn't come up on Strava. Oh, what? You don't. Oh, do you yeah, run yeah. It on? you can do that. You can do that, yeah. Yeah, so I've turned off the wrist heart rate. So if you ever see heart rate data from me, it's just from my strap. Yeah, okay. I'm just looking now at the, um, at how, oh. This yeah. also, this was, this isn't paid also, but I've been running with the um, Coros pod on the back of my shorts. To yeah, get right. more accurate data. Did which, it work? Uh, I haven't tested. Actually, that's a lie. I didn't put it on to get accurate data in the like pacing or the distance, but I've put it on to get my left and right balance, which it gives me that data, which I find pretty yeah. cool. Because I was just like, you can I, get that from wearing a um, heart rate monitor. Can you? Okay. I don't. From- yeah, I rarely wear a heart rate monitor, but this was pretty good because I just wanted to see if I was still favoring my um dodgy hammy so i thought i'll put that on to see what the data spits out and what it, what was the percentages yeah it was pretty good it was like you know 49.5 50.5 so i think i've got that i think our watch my watch can do this yeah because people i coach on final surge have it but uh, that must be it wasn't a stock standard coros function with my watch unless i had the the little clip thing on 
Oh yeah, I think you do need the. Um, you actually need to wear the heart rate monitor run for that. For because the Garmin. For for the Gar. Oh no, you can wear that for the Coros too, and it's the actual heart rate monitor that collects the data. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but and and so I'm looking at my watch now. It does give me stride length, vertical ratio, yep, vertical oscillation, average ground contact time, but but it doesn't give me the time ground contact time balance. Okay, that's the one and I re- wanted to know. Yeah, I reckon that might be the heart rate one. Anyway, uh, it was uh, – I'm just – I'm frustrated that the wrist – so getting on to the main complaint about the watch is, is that they, they advertise like better – um, better heart rate accuracy, optical heart rate. That's the uh, what's the the heart rate monitor that's inside the watch that reads your capillaries or whatever. Um, and the first couple of runs, I got fucking awful figures, and so that quite that annoyed me quite a bit because I, I always have these like aspirations that the I'll never have to put a chest strap on again. Um, but yeah, not quite. Even the um, even the heart rate today on my workout was terrible off it. So as soon as like I get one bad bit of data, I know it can't be trusted forever, so I don't trust it. So if I do want data, proper heart rate data, I'm going to have to go back to the chest. Uh, put a pic. Of, I ran with Joe's for a bit at the end. Ali's husband. What do you reckon about that picture? He's a cool guy, isn't he, Joe's? Uh, cool guy. He look. He's his own man, Joe's. I love him, but cool, probably not the word I'm going to use to describe Joe's. Oh, Jose. I thought he was a cool dude, didn't you, Crooks? Joe's? Yeah, surfer, physio. Yeah. He's going <laughs> farming recently too, hasn't he? Chilled. I reckon he's got like, what's... You know he's from uh, Pyramid Hill, don't you? Yeah, so you still think he's cool? Yeah. He's always good He's always he, good for a chat. He was the coolest bloke to ever come out of Pyramid Hill, let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't know. He's good chat, but I'm I'm just saying he's not cool. And and he like I think I don't think he would think he's cool. I don't think Ali thinks he's cool. I know Bree doesn't think he's cool. I don't think he tries to be cool. But maybe that's That's maybe why that's he's cool. Why he's yeah, cool. he doesn't oh, care. Oh yeah. That's I got why you. he's cool. He's one of those guys. That is pretty cool. Yeah. But I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like I it. I don't even know what day you're up to, Moose. Yeah, can we get a bit quicker through this <laughs> Next week? Next workout, what? Saturday, 2 by 5K. Did this again with Ali. We ran around the river because she had a flight to catch. So this was the last workout. Uh, this was her last proper workout. Um, we started off too hard. So I remember thinking in the first K, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. This feels like it's t- like we've gone too quick. And I reckon we were right because uh, the first, like, I looked down at 1K in and the average pace of the lap said too fast. So I uh, put the brakes on a little bit. She was she was keen to, to get moving on this workout. She wanted to press it a little bit, which I did keep asking her to slow down. Um, but she was, she was sort of on, the, on a bit of a grind because of this sickness is playing with her head a little, I think she wanted to just run a workout that she got some confidence from. So she wanted to know that she can still hit the paces she needs to, even though she's sick. And 
it's not the smartest thing to do eight days out from from your race uh, and especially on the course we were on which was dirt roads and twisty turns and a couple of lump lumps like hills so she worked too hard here and uh she knew she did but we had a chat afterwards about I still think this was a really like forget the purpose of the workout the fact that she did 2 by 5k at that pace on this course is a is a good sign of her fitness regardless of how hard it felt it's a good sign of her fitness which is what she wanted to take away from that day and hopefully uh she doesn't feel the need to push anything this week moose <laughs> looks like you were the one pushing it your first 5k was 12 seconds faster than hers oh first 5k yeah you got 16.59 she got 17.11 yeah i know how about that yeah. so that's the watches that yeah yeah because i hit 5k i'm like yeah that's it and she's like no it's not and we keep running and i'm like what <laughs> I guarantee. I guarantee you the Coros was is more accurate than the Garmin. Yeah. Which, which is which is another reason why, like, we want to hit particular splits in sessions, and like we just think that the watch is a hundred percent accurate. And I remember actually on one of the Road to Nowhere series, maybe like Ellie was chatting how she was doing a session through like a um a heavily treed area. And the Garmin went a bit funny, and she knew that she hadn't slowed down, but the but the Garmin was telling her that she was, so she actually increased the effort to yeah. make sure that the watch was showing the pace that she wanted it to show. Which like that's yeah. and that's the mistake of just you know thinking that the watches are one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's something external affecting our workouts when it really shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so many people make the mistake. Like I, I'd be, like I'm um, guilty of that at times as well. Going, oh, oh, I, I expect sure. to hit, I expect to hit this pace for this rep. So the only thing I can go off is is my watch because I don't have markers on the road. The it's the in between fitness stages I think where you you do it the most because you you want to see yourself getting fitter and you want a little bit of reinforcement that's like yeah yeah I'm going well I'm going well. Whereas when you're really fit, you know you're really fit. You don't really care that much. Yeah. And when you're unfit, you also don't care that much because you know, oh, fuck it, I'm not fit. It doesn't matter what the numbers say. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing because I'm unfit that if I do anything, I'm going to get fitter. Yeah. I don't need yeah. to push. It's the middle stage, which we're all kind of in right now. Anyway, it was I did it as a long – so I did 12K beforehand because uh, I had something on Sunday. So 12K and then – 5k with her we had a three minute jog three minutes it was four minute uh, three minute jog and then her workout then the second um five and then 4k cool down so it was 27k all up and yeah it was it, i mean i was a bit cooked in the end actually i feel like that 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 workout took it out of me i got quite hot on the second rep like my head started to get hot and I didn't know whether it was humid or I was dehydrated or what was going on. Didn't feel very good. And then, yeah, that Saturday afternoon, I kind of had to have a pretty chilled out Arvo. Uh, I didn't double or anything. Um, and then on Sunday, ran 40 minutes in the morning and then headed to Melbourne. I, I did a uh, like a coaching course up there. It was at the... 
don't even know what building we were in. Maybe the maybe Athletics Australia. Do they have a building in Melbourne in at Albert Park there? What'd you do? Level one recreation? Could have been Athletics Victoria. <laughs> Community um, coach. Uh, yeah, I'm a rec coach. Uh, I am a rec coach, actually. I have that accreditation, Brady. How do I? So I already got that. Don't worry about it. Now, tell I was us like, about that. It was all big dogs, wasn't it? Well, do you want to know about it or not? Are you going to make fun of it? It's <laughs> a good joke. Tell us about it. I saw you tweeted a photo <laughs> today of all the big dogs. I retweeted one, not tweeted. Retweeted. Retweeted. You weren't in the photo. I zoomed in that many times trying to find you. I'm like, why has he retweeted this when he's not even in the picture? Well, well you know, my... you know what Moose is like in person. He likes to be hiding in the corner. My laptop was open, and they've got an email of mine showing on the laptop on the photo. Oh, is it your photo? Zoom... Yeah, my laptop. Your screen. Oh, did I'm you like... present there? Hold on, there's some privacy stuff around here. I might have had some sort of like sensitive information. Gav Barron was in the photo. Justin Rinaldi was there. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, coach. Uh, Ned Brophy, is it? Cat, Ned, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Ned, in the photo. And, um, well, there was it was quite a it was quite like a um, physiologist uh, physiologists and coaches were in the room. So Avish Sharma and Ned Brophy, who is a coach and a physiologist, they they both presented. Avish presented on altitude. Uh, how to implement it, when to implement it, um, kind of like that kind of s- stuff. And then um, there was a Q&A with Nick Badeau. And then Dick Telford was on a phone call talking about his how he's used altitude throughout his uh, coaching career and what he does now, lessons he's learned. Um, who else presented? The Philo Saunders presented on on altitude training because uh, they've all done a lot of research into it. They've used that house. I reckon, Croaks, you would have been in that house, wouldn't you? Yeah, I've done yeah. a few studies in the altitude house. At the yeah, house. And, and was it like with um, Philo and Brent Valance and that? Uh, yeah, well, Brent would have been with the race walkers, but, yeah, Philo was, was part of it. Like the ones I did were back in like 2007 uh, and then another – or 2000, yeah, 2007, 2007, I reckon. 2007. Yeah, and then another one in 2000 and, ooh, maybe 14. I've actually heard some stories about you in that house, Croaks. Can't put yeah. them on air here, but I've heard some no, stories no, about me, your behaviour back in 2007. No, we can't. There's a there's a couple, yeah, there's a couple that probably shouldn't go to air. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Tell you off, I'll tell you off air, Moose. This is what the people want to hear. Oh, yeah, no. May have had a bit, may have had a... Uh, you to drink at an engagement party at 600 metres above sea level in Canberra and then uh, headed up to 3,000 metres above sea level in the Altitude House and, yeah, it was a bit sick. <laughs> that's oh. one story. Yeah, that's not the one I heard, but anyway, no. it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so then who else? Jess Rothwell, she also presented on nutrition for Altitude Camps, which I thought was, which was actually really interesting. Uh, a little, a lot on iron as well, like iron deficiency supplementation. That I took a fair bit from that. And then um, Jared Talent and Brent Valance talked about heat training. So they, like Jared, was obviously really successful in the hot championships. And and Brent, um, he's done a, a lot with the race walkers. He helped me before Doha. Uh, and then who else talked? So. 
So what were the biggest takeaways? Yeah, top moves? three moves. Takeaways. What'd you write down? Uh, top three takeaways. Well, the specific technical thing I took was if you're going to altitude, don't change your training structure. So keep your training structure the same. That was a consistent across all of the uh, coaches and, and even the physiologists. Like there are there's certain ways to tweak sessions, but um, but don't change your structure of training when you go up. Uh, second thing was I don't no one really except for Philo, everyone was a little bit like 50-50 on altitude training, whether it was actually beneficial or not. Um, so no one fully trusted it except him. The others were like, we go there because it might work and it provides a really good training location, but uh, we don't really know if it's the altitude that's providing those gains or not. Um, and then for the heat training, I think heat training provides a really good extra stimulus for an athlete who's already almost maximizing the lot the load that they're uh training at from a um from like a full like a mechanical perspective so if let's say let i mean we'll use the example of ali because that's who i coach is that she's running 100 miles a week it's we're pretty much tapped out her mileage like we it's too dangerous to increase that anymore she's doing all the hills that we need um and she's doing some altitude training or whatever. She's going on altitude camps where it's like, okay, how do we increase, how do we provide a little more stress here or there in order to get some adaptions? And using heat is one of them, even if it's not for preparing specifically for a hot race. So it's like, we're going to throw in a, a block of heat at the start of this um, build, and we're going to get some good little adaptions to it from it. And then we're going to do it again later in the build, but we're not actually going to do any training in the heat outside of this block and we're not racing in the heat. So we, we use it like altitude pretty much, but there were some good ones. I, I, I actually, I, I found that I found like there's a real, um, there was some, some pretty different opinions in the group from, from some maybe more science focused coaches and some more, uh, maybe feel-based coaches, and that, that was interesting. So I enjoyed some of the conversations around that. I, uh, I just sat there, shut up, listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and when I got home, so I, I got home later, and I ended up running. I wanted to get a double. I really needed this. For some reason, I'm like, fuck, I, I need to get this double in. And so I had dinner, put Pierre down, and, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to – basically just like trial running after dinner which is something that i have never done in my whole life and so i got out at 10 to 8 chucked the headlamp on and uh yeah just run like around anglesey and it wasn't bad actually it wasn't bad like i had a i had a pretty light dinner just a little bit of roast lamb and some salad and then I, that was probably about one hour before i ran and I, I felt like it didn't affect me too much. And, yeah, so this is something that I I might end up um, doing through winter in order to get some doubles in. Get some Ks in. Good week, 122. 
yeah, good week. I, I, at some point, I need to pick up my mileage, but it, it's just not ready. My body's just not ready. I've just got aches and pains in spots at the moment where I know that if I add more running, they're, they're going to get worse. They're going to turn into injuries. So I'm, I'm sort of just treading water at the moment. So if your house got robbed, you'd be in a bit of trouble? Yeah, I, yeah. Take sure. a bit to get going? <laughs> no one would rob my house. I have nothing of value here. Plenty of shoes, don't you? Don't you collect shoes? Or are they in the shop? Yeah, I've also got like a 50 kilo German Shepherd. Mm, true. This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS. Super Blast on, Super Blast off with the ASICS Super Blast shoe. Super Bounty FF Blast Turbo Cushioning on a layer of FF Blast Plus foam for a super energetic ride. Super Lightweight FF Blast Turbo Cushioning, which is ASICS's lightest foam yet. Super stacked with ASICS's highest midsole ever, offering a standout running experience and head-turning aesthetics. Visit asics.com.au or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. I'm going to whistle through this week, boys, because we've been going for 50 minutes and um, I want to talk about running news. So I, I've got my ha- hamstring right, I think. I think it's good. I did 160K in total, two workouts, um, a medium long run and a long run. My first workout of the week was Tuesday. I did seven by three minutes. I was planning to do six, got to six, and I thought I can do an extra one here. Averaged about 307 pace. Still feel a bit clunky at that like low three-minute pace, and that's where the, the hammy kind of didn't feel comfortable on Tuesday. But my second workout of the week felt a lot better. I did four by 2K, probably around like 315 pace, off maybe, I think it was two minutes jog between. Um... Felt really good and felt like I was kind of, yeah, throwing the brakes on just to slow things down a bit. So I guess it's probably just a bit different biomechanics hitting that 315 pace than 307, 305 pace. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you boys, I was jogging one of the nights and it was quite dark and I ran past a uh, a couple of people walking with a pram and they had a dog in the pram. What are your thoughts about dogs being in prams? Yes or no? Yes. You happy with it? Okay. Big time happy with it. If they're out there, it could be you know, the, it could be an old reason. dog or something too. Like well, a, you don't just put a fucking young dog in a pram, do you? There's some, a reason some that people would moose. No. Some people would walk their dogs in prams because they're a bit that's, precious. I that think that's is, what there was a lot of like not acceptable in my Strava comments. I'm going to say ninety ten percent. But we, I don't know the situation either. I just was like, oh, this is a bit late and a bit dark for these people to be walking their baby, and they're like, oh no, it's a dog in there. So, Moose, that, you're thinking it was an elderly dog and they were just getting it out. Could have a, a disability of, too. fresh air. Yeah. 100%. There's like, or it's got like a, a disease or something yep. or it's condition. Yep. That, yeah, that's that's acceptable to me, big time. Well, and we don't know what it is. I'll have to ask him next time I see him. I love that. Yeah, so that was uh, on one of my jogs. Archie and I went for the long run on Sunday, got 34K done, 408 average. Rain the whole way. Checked the radar before we went. Pushed it back half an hour so we'd miss the rain, and then we pretty much ran in the rain for two hours. How um, bullshit are those apps? Oh, right? Why well, use the the website, the bomb one, where you can actually see the satellite and stuff? And it was all clearing. Message Archie said, "Don't got to go at eight o'clock. We're going to miss all this rain." Yep, no worries. Ten minutes in, drenched, but that's yeah. okay. It was no, pleasant. Hammy's good. I'm running Jails Park relays this weekend. Moose has given me some spikes. I think this hamstring's behind me. Ten weeks to Gold Coast. Should be good. Are you slightly Ooh. worried about an all-out effort 
flaring up the hammy again. Yeah, extremely worried. Wouldn't be running if Andy wasn't doing Hamburg Marathon and Archie was in the team. I'd prefer to have the week off, but we're a bit short on numbers. So I think why I'll is, just... Why isn't Archie in the team? Uh, he's unavailable. He's going away for the weekend. Out of town. Got his dates, got his dates mixed up. A few, uh, Where's few, he going? A few cracks going up in to, his team, I reckon, this year. He's going up to Newcastle or something. So, yeah, mm. what's that saying? Like success makes cowards or something? I'm getting that vibe, Croaks. Really? A bit of success last year. Yes, yeah, success creates cowards. Is that the thing? I'm not calling anyone a coward, but sometimes you get a bit complacent after a bit of success. I've never heard that. Cowards. <laughs> cowards is a bit strong. Isn't that the quote? I've never heard it. No, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I thought there was a the tea makes cowards. Like... All of us, maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. like it's complacency. Yeah, I'd say a complacency. Success can lead to complacency. Yeah, not cowards. I thought I that was a. I, I swear they were no. talking, talking about the Geelong footy team about that the other day. Cowards. After they were... They're not cowards. Nah, complacency. I reckon success makes the ca- makes the cowards out of all of us or something. I'm trying oh, to real. Can you hear me typing? I'm like, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah. get me something here. I can't find Pulling anything. The- no, nah, that's not one. I'm it's not sorry. one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got that wrong. Anyway, we're back at um, <laughs> we're back Jails Park this week. I'm just hoping I yeah I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. We'll see what happens. My... Well, how about I bang in my second moose on the loose here? Okay. So, runner signs up, lives in Geelong now, or down the coast. Been training with the Geelong group. Yep. Says, hey, I want to run for Geelong this year. We're like, great, come on board. Thanks. Sent out a message a week ago. Who's up? Who's running for jails? Please put your hand up. Yeah, I'm there. Yep, I'm there. All good. Available. Now, that vibration you heard before, that vibration, right, this is hard for me to control my anger here. (laughs) Sorry to throw you around, but I won't be racing for Geelong this cross-country season. Hope all goes well for you guys. Okay. Max Craig's. So who the fuck are you running for then? Why would you say you're running for one team and not run for them? Like, there's a thing called commitment. These little piss ants that run around now got no fucking, like, commitment to their, like, what they've signed up for. Your pockets aren't deep enough. That's some bullshit right there. And so this person, oh, boy, they are going to get some fucking savage sprays on, on Saturday afternoon. Are they running for another club? Yep. Oh, Another regional clubs. club too. Is it the Benigo Bats? Yep. I'm going to check our teams now. There's going to be some elbows, potential fists thrown at this race. Are they going to be in Bendigo's Divi 1 team this can weekend? Can they run in my, te- in my spot so I can run Divi 3? Would it be a premiership division person? Oh, I hope so. I hope they're in the same leg as me. No, our, team's got, our team's got sent out last night. This, you're telling me this is only happening tonight. Yeah. Interesting. There you, there you go, Brady. Maybe you maybe yeah. you can be replaced this week. Is it Matt Gunther? Toby. <laughs> Toby. I'm not mentioning names on it here. Could be Toby, because I know him and Andy have become close croaks. Well, it's, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna if it's result, Toby. when the results come out, I'm just gonna check all the Bendigo runners and work out try and work out which one may have had an allegiance to Geelong. Yeah, well look, the allegiance is broken and if we <laughs> If he's spotted running around our city or our town or he tries to show up to the track, oh, boy, this is what I love. This I love will be thrown. rivalry. Like, you cannot fuck us over like this. And he walks into like your shoe shop and it's, re- it's recommended retail plus 30%. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, send someone else. You go take care of this fella. Your mate, his money's good here, but <laughs> I'm going to complain about him out the back. All right, uh, thanks, some Patreon supporters, eh? Got a bit to get through. I'll go yeah. first. Matthias uh, Bernston from Oslo in Norway. I met Matthias, I reckon. PB of 39.29.2018, Homestad 10K, 90.59 at 2019, Lorex Skog Half Marathon. 317 at the San Sebastian Marathon in 2019. Yep, here we go. Met Brady in Valencia on a group run. Photo on Strava. He was there the day before the race with all the other Norwegians. Ran 323 at Valencia that day. Uh, claimed it to be a weight-adjusted personal best. I'll pay that. Been pretty quiet on Strava since Valencia. Pretty sure he is a delivery manager at the Norwegian Public Service Pension Fund. So thanks, Matthias, for your support. Hope runs going well. Let us know what's happening. Hope you enjoy uh, the monthly with Christian, recording that tomorrow night. We'll be able to get a bit of Norwegian chat in there. Who you got, Croaks? Uh, I got Brad uh, Glennon uh, from Angadine up in Sydney. He's a regular at Dolls Point Park Run with a PB of 1815, uh, set in 2019. He ran 43.37 at last year's Sydney 10, but has run 37.46 at a Sydney Striders race back in 2019. And pretty sure he ran 302 at the 2019 Sydney Marathon. Um, pretty sure he is a senior health and safety advisor um, dealing with like the heavy vehicle national law for CPB contractors. They design and build infrastructure across all key sectors, including roads, rail, tunneling, defence, building and resources infrastructure. So thanks for your support, Brad. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you at Sydney 10 this year. Thanks, Brad. Who you got, Moose? I have Matthias Edstrom. He's from Denmark. So that's close to Norway, isn't it? Denmark? Yep. Boys. Yeah. Follows me, Croaks, and Christian on Strava. <laughs> oh, he's done this on purpose, I reckon. <laughs> no, that's... no, because I, I, uh, I looked all this up a few weeks ago, so he couldn't have just um, heard last week's or whatever and then dropped Brady. <laughs> I reckon uh, you're stuffing something that. up here, Croaks. I reckon you're nah, doing your research not. incorrectly. Check him. I'd, Brady, I've got the best Brady's driver so, out of all of us. Brady's so pissed off. <laughs> well, I can't. It doesn't make any sense, does it? The bi- the biggest influencer on the show. I'm not an influencer. I'm just a blue-collar bloke who just trains yeah. hard and puts good data on Strava. Why do, no one wants to follow you, mate. Yeah. I've nearly got 5,000 followers, actually. This yeah, bloke hasn't ran it. since June 2023. No wonder. Hey, hey, not. go easy, go easy on our patrons, Brady. <laughs> uh, he's run 38.08. Settle now, settle. Have a just chill out a bit. He's got I a kid have... too. We could relate that way. <laughs> uh, he's run 38.08 for 10k. 88.35 at last year's Aarhus half marathon. And 317 at the 2022 Copenhagen Marathon. Nothing on Strava since the start of Jan. Not a good sign from Matthias. Maybe he's just turning the volume down. Um, so it's, what, what was it? Turn the volume down, right? Lessen the noise. Lessen the noise. Lessen <laughs> the noise. Um, he's a co-founder and CMO of Drip Drop, which is an eco-friendly umbrella sharing company. Ah. Explain that. So if... It's like, like Uber, ho- but for umbrellas. Yeah, so like hotels would have them where you pretty much like um, pay a fee to 
unhook a umbrella and they're made from like eco-friendly materials and stuff and you dump them at other hotels it's got a gps in it they can see where it is really i don't know i'm just putting two and two together you know like those those scooters and bikes that big cities yeah, have. yeah yeah i get i know what that is you got those in anglesey anglesey yeah of course we don't have that in anglesey okay. i was just checking i thought duke of moama was the only place that didn't have it we're an eco-friendly town we don't want fucking scooters <laughs> strewn all over our town bikes in the river down there yeah that's what yeah. Anyway, good for Matthias. I wonder if that's a um I wonder if that's like a hobby job or it's his actual job, Croaks. That's his job. Is it a big company? Uh I don't know how big well they've got a website it's where I found out some of the information. What's CMO being... stand for? Chief Managing Operator. Oh, Chief <laughs> I've been watching that sixth session. You've been watching that? Chief no, Marketing no. Officer. Ooh. Oh there you go. Yeah. Anyway, that's good. Trip drop. Good. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Thanks to all the people over there on Patreon. If you're keen to hear, if, you, if you've if got a lot of Ks coming up this week and you're not real sure, um, you want some stuff to listen to, you should cram in Road to London. Listen to it all between now and Sunday to hear about Sinead. Well, Sinead's build-up hasn't happened towards London, but her, her training's actually fascinating to listen to, though, how to come back from a stress fracture. A lot of Patreons writing in about questions about that. Um, Nick and Ali, though, will be in action Sunday. So you can hear their build-up, hear their recap show next week. It's all there, the monthly with Christian and Toby tomorrow. Um, got an early release interview that Zach has said to send that to Patreon after this. So that will be on there. It'll be next week's interview. And about, I don't know, 120 other bonus episodes on Patreon over there. InsideRunningPodcast.com forward slash... No, Patreon.com forward slash InsideRunningPodcast if you want more details. I just signed up to a Patreon for another show and I've been really like enjoying going back through all the old subscriber episodes. So mm. like they released the episodes just for the, um, I don't think it's paid. I didn't sign up via Patreon. It was like another type of um, app. It was on Spotify. I think you could sign up or on the podcast app. You can sign up. Yeah. You can do and, it on Spotify now too, I reckon. Yeah. But I'm like, this is like, at least one a month of episodes I hadn't heard before and I've listened to this entire catalogue before. So it's been very uh, good value for me. Was it dog training? Case file. Oh, yeah, you love that stuff. <laughs> I do. It fucking makes me ill too, what people can do to other people, especially children. Fucks me yeah. up sometimes. Why would you want to listen to that stuff? I don't know. No don't entertainment know. factor at all. I, feel, I Sometimes I get out of the car and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I've this been, is... yeah, I've been really getting into footy podcasts, like SEN, but listening to it as like a podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like your mate Kane Corns and Keen. He's good, and, isn't he? Yeah, Corns Jared he? Waitley, and he's in a bit of trouble at the moment, though. They're going hard on him. For the, for the um, Horn Francis stuff? Yeah, but he's backing himself. Just the, just the professionalism of how they bounce off each other and stuff is fascinating to listen to. And there's so much content in the footy world, too. Anyway, let's talk running. Canberra Marathon croaks. Harry Smith has got the wind, didn't he? Yeah, so the weather, as I said before, wasn't ideal, but it was probably not as bad as I expected. As I was driving there in the morning, I'm like, well, this is going to be a rough day like for runners and spectators because it was wet um, and it was forecast for really like windy weather as well. But it seemed to be when it rained quite heavily, there was no wind at all. And then when the rain stopped, it sort of got – 
a bit windy. Um, but I, I don't think the conditions were too bad in the end. Um, for pretty much the first, like, 35, 36K, Harry Smithers, Matt Johnson and Jamie Wagstaff were, like, all together. Um, Harry managed to, like, close pretty quick, and that's his debut. So he won in 228.24. Daniel Carson, uh, who's Canberra-based, he came from a fair way back to um, – to get, get into second place, 229.25, and Matt Johnson was third, 229.48. Um, in the women's, Cassie Little got the win, 245. Courtney Hopkins, second in 251. And Amelia Spring, third in 305. The half marathon was won by Ben Kelly, Kelly um, 68.17. Claire, Claire Ashworth won the women's, 81.01. And the 10K was won by Russell Desai Chin, 32.31. Marnie Ponton won the women's in 34.56. Good. Some good results there. Pretty average day, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, it was, as I said, it was variable. Like, there was times when it got quite windy, and then there was other times when I was on, like, an exposed part of the road. I'm like, it's actually not too bad now. So it would have been a bit, depending on which part of the course you're at, when the wind picked up. So it was, yeah, as I said, quite quite variable. Yeah. Would you ever want to – would you ever – can you – can you run fast there? What's the elevation over the race? Uh, well, it's changed. It's it's two. I think it's two hundred and something now. Like it used to be about three hundred and something um, back when I did it in twenty seventeen. You're around two twenty four, um, didn't you? I ran two twenty four oh nine in in streaks. Oh, let now we name the shoes we. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> no, well, but, but it's like it's it, it's not. Oh, like well, Nick Earl ran two twenty. On what the same course, Canberra. On the on yeah this this new course. What's yeah. the course record? Uh, uh, people people no people have run like two fifteen like sixteen because the course has changed. Canberra Marathon's been going for so long. Like back in the day, it used to start and finish over near Marnica Oval, and it pretty much used to be from there out along Parks Way, Brady, which is that really long yeah. exposed road. And they had and a then, tailwind coming back, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And then back, so so it used to be basically two laps of twenty one k. Um, and then it got changed to when I did it, it was pretty much like one big lap of like the lake. Um, and then, yeah, for the last few years, it's been this new one. It's certainly not a super quick course, but, I, you know, I think, you know, you can still run low 220s on it. Surely you're yeah. going to win one of these races one year, Crooks. Like you could could have won any one of those races, 228, yeah. 68, 17, 32, 31. Yeah, like part like, of me thinks that, but then I don't want to be that out. guy that just you know sits on the sideline and goes, oh, "I would have won that." Like it's like yeah, but like don't well, you, you get gotta, the itch to go get out there it. and get out there and do it though? Yeah, but then it'll be the year that I I rock up and somebody's running two nineteen. Oh, and then don't I'm give like, us oh. that, mate. Just you can't but, you can't pay poor me if that happens. Just go out there and just race who's there. Yeah, well I look at more you often know, than not you'd win. Yeah, well last year was one in like two thirty one. Yeah, so anyway, Imagine maybe next your home marathon. It would be good to do. You should see when I win this sweat burst steam up here, Crokes. It's a great <laughs> feeling. One no, ten of them. Four Great Ocean Road Marathons. Yeah, yeah. Local, the, local marathon, mate. The Roo Run record holder. Oh, yeah. That's I've, the won the ten, I've run the Canberra Marathon 10K twice. That's a different vibe in your own hometown, I reckon. Rotterdam Moose, big one over in Europe. Rotterdam was on pretty fast, this. Bashir Abdi, who is really, like, probably in the top, what five in the world i reckon in marathoning at the moment guy seems to knock it out the park every time he runs around 203 47 so he's won it looks like a sprint finish from thimothy 
Is that a mistake from you? No, is... no, that's how it's spelled in the uh, results. His actual name is Timothy. I think it's, well, I think it's Timoth- I think it's just a different way to spell Timothy. <laughs> it's a pretty odd way. To... It uh, is. Timothy Kiplagat. Uh, he's Kenyan. He ran two hundred three fifty. So, I mean, listen to us. We're just saying two hundred three fifty, as it, and we're making fun of someone's name. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but like. <laughs> 203.50, and this is at Rotterdam, second second class marathon. Unbelievable. Uh, Abdi Nagihi, oh, from the Netherlands. Shit, 205.32. That's, what is that, a national record? Training partners, aren't they, too? Him and Bashir Abdi. Yeah, and yeah, Mo right. Farah. Oh, yeah, Mo. He's not really in this league anymore, is he? Uh, Yunus Chumba from Bahrain. Won the women's two twenty thirty one, Tesfu Tekla Gergish Dolshi from Eritrea two twenty one thirty five, and Rose Chalimo two twenty six twenty one. Rose Chalimo, that's a famous name. Someone Google that. Is it? Yeah, that's famous. I've never heard of her. Rose Chalimo, yeah, come on, silver, world championships. What are you thinking about Paul Chalimo? I'm not I'm not thinking about Paul Chalimo. Uh yeah, nah. She's oh yes. Okay. Oh. I reckon she went out hard. Yeah, nah, maybe I'm wrong. Just forget about this. <laughs> yeah. I got a feeling I got a feeling Rio Olympics, maybe something happened to her. She went out hard. Blew I'll up. do some research while Brady goes through Boston. Boston was today and wasn't it brilliant to sit down and watch? I turned my phone off. I went into Do Not Disturb, dropped the kids at daycare, went for a run. Carly went out for breakfast, and then we came home and turned it on. Uh, you know that old bloke who always comments, always does the commentary on Boston? You know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know him. I turned around like, oh, not this guy for the next two and a half hours. Um, coverage was ordinary. Let me tell you about the race, though. Obviously, Elliot Kipchoge went in as the favourite. I think he was paying even money against the whole field, which is pretty ridiculous to think about that. Um, He went straight to the front and he did all the leading and it was pretty quick early. They went through in 62-15 with a bit of downhill, I suppose. I suppose that's not ridiculously quick for Kipchoge, but it was interesting seeing him. And I did make comment to Carly that this is where we don't see him. Usually you see him behind three or four NN paces, um, they're locked into their splits. He sits there. They go as fast as they can for 30, 32K. Everyone else has burned off. He runs the last 10K by himself, and it's how fast can he go. Went through halfway in 62.15, in still probably a big pack, I'm going to say, of like 10 to 12 runners. And it was like he almost saw the clock, wasn't happy with it, and then started like waving people through to do some work. And the response from the Adidas boys, the guys that have won it in the past, um, Chibet was there, Kip Ruto was there, um, Gay was there from Tanzania, also an Adidas guy. They kind of all looked at him and just were like, nah, we're not going to do that. So um, they sat back. And then I'm going to say maybe 6 or 7K after that, they just all started throwing in moves. And Kipchoge got you know spat out the back really, really quickly. And it was it was out of the picture. They kept a camera on him. There were so many opportunities for them to do like split screens with a men's and women's race 
and the wheelchair race as the footage was going, which they didn't take those opportunities most of the time, but they kept a camera on Kipchoge as he fell further and further, um, you know, off the back of the coverage. Chibet ended up winning back-to-back, defended his title, and he won New York as well last year, so three good marathons from him. His Kenyan, he ran 205.54. Gabriel Gay, he was second, 206.04, and Benson Kipruto was third in 206.06. Kipchoge did come in sixth in 209.23. Um, it was fascinating to watch. I think the story of Kipchoge getting beaten was um, was huge. I think a lot of people expected he goes to Boston, wins that one, goes to New York in our spring, wins that one. He's got all the six marathon majors, the six or seven, whatever there is. Um, and it's just follow the script, but this is sport, and that didn't happen in the men's race. Makes me wonder where to now for Kipchoge, because he just didn't look like his time-trialing self on that Boston course. Thoughts, boys? Mm. Well, I didn't watch it, um, yeah, so I can't comment on the actual race, but I think it's like it's refreshing to see him get beaten because I feel like sometimes it's a bit boring where, you know, he just runs with the group for 20K or 30K and then just kicks home, and it almost makes him seem human. So I, I think it's sort of good for the sport in a way. Um, whether, yeah, what he does now, I'm not sure, because he obviously has to now win Boston if he wants to try and win them all, which means he has to come back next year. Um, yeah, but also I uh, you sent through a message, Brady, about him not doing an interview after the race, which I, I think that's pretty poor. You know. Yeah, Let's Run did an article. Jonathan Gould um, kind of wrote a, an article just about Kipchoge, and then one of the sections was Kipchoge should have spoken to the media after the race was the subheading. One last note, it was incredibly weak move on Kipchoge's part not to speak with the media after the race, something that simply would not fly in major professional sports like the NFL or NBA. He was paid a small fortune to run this race and his appearance was promoted relentlessly unless there was some sort of, some sort of medical emergency and there is no indication of that was the case. It's bush leave that Kipchoge didn't make himself available on Monday though the BAA said he will be there on Tuesday's Champions Press Conference to take questions. Mm. So, yeah. it's um He's a superstar, though. He's an absolute superstar. Like, the, he pulled out the new shoes, Moose, that have got his initials on them and the No Human is Limited. Is that the next percent Alpha Fly? Uh, it was alpha, alpha 2, actually, I thought it was. Alpha 2, okay. He looks apart, new singlets. I just thought, and we know he's he's had that issue in the wet before at the COVID London where he got beaten last time. Um, so, yeah, that's two now that he struggled mm. in the, the cool weather and the drizzly rain. Flat track bully. <laughs> well, it's very much a script when he's on a Berlin or a London or a... Or a you can't say that. Track. It is. He, yeah, he no, brings no, his own pacemakers. No, it's all no. set up just for him. He's won the last two Olympic games, yeah, but both in the heat. I would argue that the World Marathon Majors are deeper than – Boston is deeper than a World But you're well, saying the Olympics have to be perfect for him. And no, it's I'm not saying true. the paces, the pacing part of it has to be perfect. Yeah, I don't know. He looked like a fish out of water trying to do it all himself without his boys around him. I think that's what makes Boston – out of all of the and Marathon Majors, that's what makes Boston and New York – quite unique in that it evens out the field a little bit. Um, like often, yeah, like the best runner on the day is still going to win. But 
yeah, there's so many different ways the race can be run. Whereas, you know, when it's flat and you've got Kipchoge there, he knows what he can handle on a flat course and he just goes out at that pace, like metro- metronomic, mm, and he which, tried is di- which is different on these courses. Yeah. He's around eight minutes slower than his PB. Mm. There was one in four minutes slower than his PB. I think you see that in the women's results when you look at Emma Bates. I'll talk about that. Helen Abiri got the win from Kenya. Uh, Dathan Ritzenhain coached in that on squad there in Boulder. Ollie Horse training partner. She was a late entry. I reckon only two or three weeks ago she got entered into the race. Was never there a couple of months ago when they did all the elite field stuff. Debuted at New York last year. Um, probably didn't have the success she wanted there. Maybe it was like fifth or sixth in the end. She got the win. It was an amazing race. Four of them still together with, I'm going to say, a mile to go. Um, and arms and legs were going everywhere. She got the win, though, 221.38. Amani Burriso, who was the lady who beat G'day at Valencia last year when she ran 2.14. She was second in 2.21.50. And Alona Solpeter from Israel was third in 2.21.57. Emma Bates, she was 2.22.08.09, something like that. Uh, I think maybe like a two-minute PB for her to be fifth. And that's what you're talking about, that croaks, like a 2.23 lady is finishing 12 seconds behind a 2.14 lady. Mm. Course, what, course evens it out. What what were conditions like in terms of like the because the the wind's probably the biggest factor in Boston because it's a point to point. Was it? Uh, well, the wind and the commentary said it wasn't that windy and it didn't look that windy on the coverage. Like whenever you saw flags or people wearing ponchos and stuff like, and the commentators made note of that. Like it didn't look like it was super windy. But then some of the press afterwards was like comments like, "Why did Kipchoge lead for so long into a headwind?" Um, so maybe it was just slight, like, you know, a 10, 15k an hour one. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um, it was just drizzly rain, puddles on the road, like humidity kind of misty in the air. Didn't look that much fun, but the crowds are still there. People, a few umbrellas around, things like that. Um, yeah, it's a pretty fascinating there. I do want to give a shout out to, um, show notes, show notes, Ross, who writes our show notes, Ross Pentland. Does their show notes every week. He ran a PB, 250.32 over there. Um, Croaks is away this week in Boston, obviously, so you have to do show notes. So not sure if you knew about that, but well done to Ross. Big time supporter of the Inside Runner podcast. Writes our show notes each and every week. Does a brilliant job of it. That's all I've got from Boston boys, unless you want to talk anything more about it. Coverage was terrible. Terrible. I can't comment. I haven't haven't seen any of it. I didn't didn't watch it either. We just... It's the it's worst like, race to watch. Hardly use split screens. It's like we try to do – I think I'll talk about this in next week's interview. But it's like what are we doing with our sport here? It's like when you watch a, a marathon, it's like we're going to show you a bit of the wheelchair race. We're going to show you a bit of the men's race. We're going to show you a bit of the female's race. We're going to give you a history lesson about how the marathon was created in Athens and, and you know, what happened in Boston 100 years ago. Then we're going to give you a bit of like charity component and we're going to try and wrap that all up in two hours and we're going to do five things okay, nothing well. We're going to miss all the main moves. It's just how they cover our sport is terrible. You got some comments on the wheelchair stuff, right? The, yeah, well, the wheelchairs were the main main focus for the first 45 minutes of the coverage. Yeah. Which, it, and, and that's it's just another component of a marathon. Well, not every marathon. I don't think to Berlin do a wheelchair race. She yeah, can't. they all they all do they all do, do it. Do they all do one? 
Uh, Maybe all the marath- majors do, but it's definitely a different prize money and stuff and different hype at different events. Yeah, I, I, that that does frustrate me when there's only like 10 people in the race and they and that's all that they're showing. And then there's like the the like the the running race. I mean Boston's a running race. There are there is a side component to it which is the wheelchair race, but there's only 10 people in it and um it, it's like I I'm fully supportive that they do it. Oh, but amazing athletes 40 what they're doing. minutes. 40 minutes. And often the race isn't close at all. Often there's oh, yeah. someone there's just like I think miles the guy that won was up by seven minutes at one stage. The girl that won had a technical and she pulled on the side of the course and pulled out an Allen key and started fixing her fixing her wheel I mean, and see, then that's got exciting. back going. I'd want to watch that. I didn't realize she was winner. Like, is this the winner? Like the pedestrians are like, what are we seeing here? Um, but yeah, they cut they cut too much out of the actual running race. Like I've I've, I've often been frustrated for that because they'll show the top like five to ten people finishing the wheelies as well as a interview and the actual like race that's going on you're missing it all well you well in this case you're cutting away from the greatest marathoner of all time as well to do this and what he's doing at boston anyway was a good yeah boston's always big hey moose you're right rose chalimo pretty well known eighth at the olympics in 2016 won the world championships in london in 2017 and was second at the world championships in doha oh there you go Mm. doha buddies done a done a bit yeah she's been around rose (laughs) what's next on this agenda irish 10k 10K road champs so the great island run which doubled up as the irish 10k road champs was found to be one and a half k short because the winners were coming the men's came through in like 26 low and the women's was like twenty nine low, so um, yeah, it's like a... the um, like the Sydney ten, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All, all I care there is about my head to head against Brady at Sydney ten. <laughs> when I was thirteen, we ran on the same course that day. That's all it that matters. That's all uh, on to. It's a sad distance, crooks. All right, listen to question. Or no, I'm hanging on a marathon PB too, actually. Um, how many marathons would you recommend doing each year to maximise your potential? That question comes in from Marcus Hughes. And I saw another question a couple of weeks ago um, on a similar, I guess, um, topic. Could you do well at both Gold Coast and Sydney marathons given they are 11 weeks apart? Yeah, we're starting to see this more, aren't we? Brett Robinson broke the Australian record off a small prep and a London mm. marathon in his legs. What was that, October through to December? Was it? Yeah. Mm. I reckon like five, six years ago, I would have said like two a year, whereas now I reckon you could get away with three um, at, a, at a stretch. Yeah. It's a, it is a hard question to answer because you have these exceptions that we all think of that come to our mind you're like oh brett right break break the national record right and we go oh you must be able to do it hey maybe we should all do it but if you chuck 10 people in there one of them has a great race like brett and then perhaps nine of them have terrible races Mm -hmm. and and but all we remember is brett and that was the point of it all. It's like, oh, wow, he did this off a tight turnaround. I, I still don't think it's great for longevity to be doing that. It, longevity in your running, to be uh, turning tight marathons around like that. I, I, 
I think you need to respect the recovery from one and then you need to rebuild and lay foundations well for the next one. Yeah. Because if, you don't, th- if yeah. you don't three a year, so that works out basically one every 17 weeks, um, which, yeah, like I think... If it, but none of them are on. It's not. There's not one on the first of January and the um, and, and yeah. the thirty first of December. Yeah, I know. Like, I reckon if I was doing three, I would probably have two of them as being like really serious cracks, and the other one just a, I don't know, like a bit of a backup or um, you know, treated a bit more as a solid training run. It'd be like what sort of Brady's doing with Gold Coast. You know, it's like he wants to run well there, but it's more just to practice like running a good one in terms of execution. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind people doing them as part of training. That's also good. But yeah, there's a difference between running a, a marathon and racing a marathon. Mm. And it doesn't and when I say racing, I don't mean racing to win, but I mean like putting like committing to training for one. Yeah. And and that's the the hard bit. And I, I don't think you can commit to train to one without doing the work beforehand like before getting ready to train for one so i'm i'm old school like that i like the idea of recovering properly after them and i get this shoe debate like yes it 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 unloads certain areas so maybe your calves aren't as sore the next the the week after and so you can run longer but I, i i still think there's more to recover from than just muscle soreness I think part of it as well is is how well you come out of the marathon because you can have two people run the same marathon and potentially even run the same time. One person the next day can't walk and they can't walk for the next week. Somebody else might actually feel okay within a week. Like, yes, they're not going to start back full training within a week, but they've definitely pulled up better than that other person. And I think sometimes we underestimate how much a marathon prep stays with you. Um, and so you wouldn't if you were doing two marathons like pretty close together like there's no way you do the full build up for the second one you pretty much rely on some of the base that you've done for that first one to get you through the second so it's more of a it's a shorter build you know it's like a a five or six week build instead of your 12 weeks um you know factoring in the work that you've done for that first one yeah i just think the seasons are good miss a season in between if you go in summer and winter, autumn mm. and spring is more traditional. Skip a season, go again. Longevity is the key. Like you know it at them. It's like if you want to, if you want to be in the sport for a short period of time and like just you know run six marathons in two years, then I think that's doable. But if you want to be running good marathons for eight nine years, then you're better off doing like two a year. Yep. All right, moose on the loose. We've already had a wrist heart rate. We've already had people who. Don't show alliances to the Athletics Victoria clubs. Doesn't say people, Brady. Yeah, well, I'm not reading out that word because uh, I'll get in trouble for that. But what's what else you got? You said you were loaded at the start of the episode. Yeah, well, I've cut a couple through the, the guts of the, <laughs> the episode, just uh, second thoughts, that kind of thing. But one thing that came to our attention was that the um, running influencer, Ned Brockman, he was famous. He ran across Australia for, oh, I don't know, how long ago? A year or so ago now? A year? No, less than a year. It was like seven months, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So he ran across Australia. I don't think it was a record, was it? What? Do they no. keep records for that stuff? Don't reckon he got the record. No, they do. He didn't get the record. But um, 
he put up an Instagram post. He's in Boston, obviously Puma, like his sponsor, have, have flown him out there. They're based in Boston, I think. And uh, they've he's posted saying, hey, I went to pick up my bib, my friend's bib, because I was going to race as him at the uh, Boston Marathon. And they didn't allow me because um, they needed his actual identity like it's to pick the bib up so they weren't allowing people to to pick up other people's bibs which um kind of, i guess f- f- fair enough i guess i don't know that's not what the problem was the problem was that he was going to run under someone else's bib there and this is like this the boston marathon let, we already discussed the qualifying you don't just get to sign up the boston marathon well the problem was he was then asking people in the video did anyone have a bib that he could have for the well, weekend the, that's the yeah that's a problem yeah. right so boston marathon you have to qualify for you've got to run a marathon within a certain time no ballot under for a boston, certain is time there? yeah there only, is no ballot. You can no, only get in for age Qualifies. Yeah, you get in some sponsors' of entries or something. I'm guessing maybe Tur- could, tourism. You could probably go could on, a, on a there, travel okay. package. I reckon charity ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't know if don't know about that though. The tourism one. I'm not sure. I'm, I reckon they're pretty stringent, Boston. And uh, Ned Brockman's there asking if someone wants to give up their bib so he can go and have a run. Like he hasn't done enough running in over roads the last year. But to me, this is taking away like. The, the it's disrespecting everyone who's qualified for him to just ask, put it out on his socials and go, hey, who wants to give up their bib for me so I can go and basically cheat my way into this race because I haven't qualified and I don't have an entry and I'm an influencer now, so anyone want to reach out and uh, hook me up? Do you reckon he'd know the qualifying process? I don't know. Mm. But I think Zach had made a good point. He's like, <laughs> people just don't go to the Olympics and try to run as someone else. Oh, I'll take your bib and run in the Olympics. Like this is the Olympics is a bit different than Boston. No, no they both got to qualify. Now the reason why Zaka said that was because in his in Ned's Instagram story, he was going on about the vibe and how good the vibe was, and that's why he wanted to run. So Zaka was saying, well. The vibe at the Olympics would be pretty good as well, but you don't just get to go and run because of the vibe and you want to be part of it. Yeah. Zach is just going to love that you guys are quoting him here. Quoting him in message, in private message groups. <laughs> but this is, I think we can get a bit more out of Zach for this. Um, but yeah, not on. Not on. Respect running. Respect the people that qualified and are running there. Don't want to hear any more of that. Is there a deeper problem here, Moose, that running influences don't know enough oh. about running? We absolutely, abs- we know that there is, right? We know that. He, been... If I could go down to my local footy club and tell me who's – just tell me three or four runners that you've ever heard of, and all of them would say Ned Brockman. Yeah. He has touched yep. the common man in his influence. As, yeah, we... as And I'm saying this as a runner. Like not as I... someone in the fitness industry, but he is, <laughs> he is like – people would say to me, like, oh, yeah, like, could you go as quick as Ned Brockman? <laughs> That would go down well with you. Yeah. <laughs> that would go down real well. <laughs> Brady's response would be, how many, how many, how many stall sashes Ned Brockman got hanging up on the wall? It's very similar to Boston, actually. You can't just enter that race. You've got to be invited to race that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my algorithm's playing all sorts of tricks on me on Instagram right now. 
and I'm getting some like heavily, heavily followed accounts with some of the worst advice I've ever seen. And I'm like, what is this? How do these people get famous with this? Like, how does someone become such an established running influencer when they're not any good at running? I don't like normally. It doesn't sound like they're very knowledgeable about running either. They 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 haven't got a lot of running experience. Uh, they haven't reached high levels of running or like competed or performed at a high level. So where's all this? Like, how are they getting so many followers? I don't know. I'm not. Well, I'm they're not, in the they're in the media. They got that's PR where, teams as well, Moose. No, but they're on social. No, he is. I get yeah. that he is. Like he's famous, but these people. But he wasn't. Like, he made himself famous. Yeah, he did. Like we've yeah. seen other people do running things like that that haven't got anywhere near as famous. Well, you no. ran a lap of your school oval in some crazy yeah. time, Brady. What was that? You had twenty four or something, wasn't it? Fastest yeah, you ever get, on the staff room. You needed to get the um the newspaper and the the TV out there. Yeah, yeah, I should have. How they come back to take yeah. the piss out of me? These things. <laughs> well, you do have a website called Brady Trouble. <laughs> it's getting shut down. They emailed me the other day about paying a fee, and I'm like, I'm not paying a fee for that. And just confirming, boys, you can actually go to Boston through travel packages. Oh, see, yeah. Brockman, come on, he's man. fucking, he's loaded now. See? You know how much he charges for uh, speaking gigs? There's <laughs> a lot of speculation in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, we've talked a lot of shit. Well, Moose has talked a lot of shit. Yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. So he can afford the tourism entry. If he can't qualify, he can yeah, afford Yeah, but you got to lock all that stuff in pretty early. Whereas, you know... We talked about, yeah, how hard it you was. Probably need, you probably needed to lock the travel package in before he'd even run across the country for this, for this year's Boston. Yeah, well, hey, don't, what are you defending him for? Come on, I'm just, I'm just saying. Come on, mate. You're making out though that everybody who has run, everybody who's running at Boston has like qualified through running a time, which is not true. People can just go and you know pay a lot of money to get a ticket. I got a. Uh, I'm just going back through our message thread, and there's a good one in here. <laughs> there is a good one. I just searched Brockman. Um, <laughs> Brady comment. No. I want to do a five. <laughs> I want to do. A... Oh, I know that one. I know that one. Oh, I better not read it out. But it's yeah. good. That was a good. You, you guys all wrote back saying that's a good idea. You should do it. Yeah, we should do it still. A docu series on him. Yeah, docu series. Yeah. Well, we may not be back next week. We might be cancelled. <laughs> I reckon. No, I didn't say the specifics of his comment. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's good. Good collection this week. Things that annoyed me. Let's wrap things up. We might be back for episode 286 next week, but if not, what are you doing between now and uh, whenever, boys? London's happening. Who we got there? Nick, Ali, Brett Robinson. Three big dogs. They've got Andy at Hamburg. Andy at Hamburg. Missing Gels Park. Uh, what's Brett going to run? Australian record? Weather's looking, looking great, isn't it? Have to take a lot of confidence from the last time. Seems pretty fit, doesn't he? Um, He's put it down already. So I would say, like, yes. I'm going to say yes, he will. Well, why not? Not not by a big stretch. Maybe, like, 207 low, I'm going. Yeah, roll the dice. Crokes, any predictions? Ellie? Uh, Ellie, what's PB, Moose? 226 something. Uh, I'll go 220... 5.45. 
Good yeah. luck. Good from you. 19th at World Cross. Don't mm. forget that, Brady. When you, you make your, pre- happy your prediction. Happy with prediction, Moose? Yeah, that's a good one. She was that's 19th a- at World Cross. It's a bit different though, Moose. The well, sick- yeah, it's the more sickness, to her, isn't it? The sickness um, seems to be on your mind though, I reckon, the way you were describing it before. It's unlike you, Brady, not to throw out an Aussie record here. Oh, yeah, here. she's going to break the Australian record. Oh, I'm not concerned, but Moose had a bit of concern in his voice. I reckon if you come top 20 at World Cross, you should be running pretty close to the Australian record, so I'll say 222.45. <laughs> um, she's an animal. Right. I watched her. For, I rarely see Ali race, actually, these days, because like, we used to see her at the AV races back when she was just one of the common people, but now she just does the big city races, so it's hard to actually see her in person. And you just saw that look yeah. on her face at Bathurst, seeing her on, um, on in real life. She's determined. She said on Road to London she's going to rinse herself. Don't yeah, be surprised if you see a quick time, Crocs. Um, all right. Brea. She jogged 71, didn't she, the other week at that Nagoya Payson? Yeah, that was pretty easy yeah. for her. Yep. Do anyone want to put a case on it? Case on what? Ali's time. Under over 225. I'll go under. I'll go over. All right. Put a slab on that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not taking that. That's a, that's a joke. I was going to say, um, I was going to say Andy Buchanan. You're, you're his man. You're his closest buddy. Why don't you um, throw a time out for him? Well, he ran quick at World. Well, he went, ran, what did he, 28th, 30th, World Cross. Pretty good well, time. Done a good not- marathon build-up since then. PB 212 something, 212, 20 something, I think. Um, third marathon, been there, done that before. I'm going to say two ten fifty seven. Crokes haven't seen the uh, weather. I'll go two eleven thirty. Who's? Yeah, I was thinking two eleven thirty. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say he cooks one. I'm going to go two fourteen thirty. That's that's cooking it too, but. It's still not bad. You reckon he'll go hard and pop? Yeah, I reckon. I'm actually going to go 215 low. Okay. He's going to pop. Croaks, bats or cats at Jails Park? Who you got? Uh, who's your team? No, talking about the fight that we're going to have. <laughs> but who's, who's going to win that fight? Well, you who's your team, Brady? I didn't even know. It's not being announced until tomorrow night. Croaks on the Instagram at 7 p.m., I think the boy said, so uh, probably can't say much. Uh, oh. Who who no who Andy, your no big dog moose? No, we're shit. Uh, oh, bats then. <laughs> <laughs> Talked yourself out of it. Yeah. All right, show's over. Patrons, you'll uh, see Road to London from there from last night, and you'll see an interview um, as well coming up tomorrow. Everyone else, see you next week. See you, boys. See you guys. See ya. Special thanks to ASICS for sponsoring this week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast. The Super Blast Shoe adds another super running companion to your ASICS lineup. Generous, lightweight cushioning underfoot minimizes the impact of repeat training on the body, making it ideal for longer runs, faster attempts, and recovery training. Visit asics.com.au to get your pair today. Keep on